0: had plenty of people who come to me or I've seen them at the herb store and say, hey, I want to manage my blood pressure naturally, so I'm not going to take my medication. Well, they don't take the herbs seriously enough. They think if I take this cup of herbal tea, it's going to manage my blood pressure if I do it once a week, once or twice a week. But herbal medicine is serious medicine. It takes thoughtful, um, thorough assessment of a person and thoughtful, thorough consideration of the plant um, actions and the person's whole health history and how to formulate a protocol, not just about herbs, but how to integrate it with what they're doing already.
1: Today we are bringing you a special episode with a guest host, Christine Gordon. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, the host of this podcast and co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. We are expanding our podcast, which I'm very excited about, to include conversations that explore all facets of the mind, body, and spirit. Today's co-host, Christine, is the practice administrator of Capital Integrative Health. And as an herbalist and yogi herself, she has a very unique view of integrative health. Today's guest is Colleen Zontag, a clinical herbalist and mentor of Christine, who believes that health challenges and suffering can be powerful tools to reconnect us to our inner light our ability to be well even within illness. She works with her clients to understand how plants are wonderful allies as we travel the road to wholeness, helping us build resiliency and a deeper self-awareness. Please enjoy this conversation with Christine and Colleen as they explore herbal medicine and how Colleen works with her clients using the infinite wisdom of plants on their healing journeys.
2: Welcome, Colleen. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yay, I am so excited to have you here. We've been friends for a long time and and colleagues as well. And um, I remember the first time meeting you uh, way back, one time in a class, uh, an herbal class many moons ago, and then again um, at Smile Herb Shop when you were there in the free clinic, and also on the floor. And I remember watching you and thinking about, wow, (laughs) this woman is really um, holding this sacred knowledge with such grace and has such reverence for the plants. And I just wanted to know more uh, (laughs) uh, of you and more about you. And listening to you, I learned so much um, just on the periphery, you know, and then um, getting to know you a little bit more over time, not only learning about plant medicine, but learning about relationship and how you so meaningfully cultivate relationship, not only with the plants, but with the people you're you are interacting with and um, partnering with them on their healing journey in a way that is so beautiful and open. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: so honored to have you here. Well, thank you, Christine. <laughs> That's, um, thank you. I. Um, I remember meeting you, too, on the floor. I remember vaguely the class um, with yeah, KP, long time I think KP Khalsa, uh, the yeah. Ayurvedic um, instructor, mm-hmm. and um, being on the floor at Smile, which was such a great place. Um, and You yeah. held a really wonderful place there for that healing to happen, for those healing conversations to happen with the people who came into the free mini clinic and, um, and between ourselves to talk about the plants.
2: Yeah, I good, loved it. good days, good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about what you do. What is an herbalist? What does an herbalist do?
0: Oh, wow, okay. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways to be an herbalist. I think um, you can be a person who's connected to your ancestral knowledge, that your mm-hmm. family has this knowledge that's been passed down through generation upon generation of just being a kitchen herbalist, like a family yeah. herbalist. You um, have this knowledge from your ancestors, these memories mm-hmm. of seeing people in your family, support somebody with herbal medicine in your family who is sick tending to them with the plants and um, that can be a profound way of carrying on knowledge it's not formal training but that's still herbalism and that you continue that with your family and your friends and you spread that through your community Um, there are people who don't have that ancestral knowledge but still love the plants and love being in nature and want to support their family and friends with plant medicine. So they will study on their own. They'll have conversations, they'll connect to other communities to learn. And that's still herbalism. And that's the beauty about herbalism, I feel like, because it's not so regulated. I mean, in certain cases, we do need to have guidance. I mean, we're dealing with certain health issues. Definitely there needs to be a level of training and knowledge so we don't harm. That We first do no harm, we can do support. Um, But then there's also the um, naturopath doctors who are also herbalists. Some are herbalists, some are not. And there's um, just a clinical herbalist, which is what I do. I'm a clinical herbalist. I've had training um, in the clinical setting, um, and that's what I do. I support people um, with plants to manage their health concerns, mental and emotional, physical. Spiritual. Spiritual.
2: Yes. (laughs) I have um, had the um, benefit and honor to be a client of yours, Mm -hmm. and so I want to share just a little bit about that and ask you, um, having partnered with you on my healing journey and experiencing positive outcomes, and not only in my physical body, but in my emotional well-being and my spiritual Mm well-being, and I know there have been many times where we're talking about plants and um, you might say, oh, this, this plant feels right yeah. for you. <laughs> this plant feels right for you. And more often than not, that has been a plant that has impacted my spiritual um, wellness in some way. So I'm wondering what that's like, you know, when you're partnering with a client and um, you're thinking about the plants and calling on
0: the plants,
2: mm-hmm. Um, how, how does that work? How does that work in your practice?
0: Well, I've thought about this a lot because I don't um, – I try to be an open vessel, that I want the information to flow through me. And um, that doesn't mean that I'm just willy-nilly, randomly saying, oh, this plant, you know, yeah. <laughs> is coming to me. It <laughs> popped into my head. But it comes from a baseline of training and experience with the plants, um, mm-hmm. of study, um, and self-study, but also study with plants and studying with other teachers. And um, I think one thing about herbalism that's important is lineage. I mean, who you studied with and how that is translated into the work you do. Yeah. Um, so the information's not mine. I don't feel like it comes through me um, from depth of study um, breadth of study, which I'm always learning and always studying more and more yeah. as I grow as a person, um, and so that's what happens. Um, it comes from that place. I've um, plenty of times I've had a plant come in that I'm like, wow, I haven't worked at that plant <laughs> before, and I wouldn't have thought of that here, and then I. Bring it up to the client, like to you, and you're like, "Oh, I was just thinking about that plant last week." Yeah, that's happened. That <laughs> yes, has happened yeah. with us. Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, I guess this is it." And then I'll yeah. go back and do some back, uh, do some study and some more digging onto the plant after I've met with my client. and It's like, "Oh, wow, this is perfect for that person." Yeah. And um, I feel like the information is coming through me, but I it's to stimulate the client's own innate intelligence, their own Mm -hmm. connection with their own body, and I feel like as they're telling their story, their narrative, their experience with their health, um, and consultations can be quite a, you know, a good amount of time. Time's important to be able to listen and for somebody to articulate their experience. Um, The plants come through, and it's to turn, I want, my hope is to turn them back to to their own listening to themselves. As they're telling the story, they can hear their experiences and hear it sequentially or not sequentially and they make their own connections and in that way really the person is their own healer it's empowering it feels like yes. right I mean once yeah.
2: once you are sharing that information it, I feel like you know the client holds on to that and it, it also gives them some some skin in the game if yes, you, really, yes. you know it, feel, it feels like you know it's an empowering uh, um, prospect to to feel like, oh, this feels right, and then learn more about the plan and yes. really recognize that, wow, this is the right, the risk yeah. is the right plan.
0: It validates that intuitive hit, right. you know? Yes. Um, I think herbalism is about sovereignty over your own health, mm-hmm. to be able to make your own health choices and decisions about how you want to manage your health. And that so it's important. about accessibility. I mean, not everybody can afford um, to go to a natural doctor, which is wonderful to have that option, but not everybody can do that. and. It takes a lot of time and testing and things to go through those processes, but to um, have access to plants that you can easily purchase at, you know, $3 an ounce, <laughs> you yeah. know, or um, grow your own medicine. I mean, that's about, you know, having that independence and that sovereignty and that ability to make your own decisions about how you want to manage your health. And plant medicine offers that, I believe, Um important.
2: Yeah, I think um, going back to health sovereignty and equity and accessibility, mm-hmm. um, we know herbal medicine is not covered under health insurance, no. right? <laughs> uh, so what is the herbal community doing to create access to care? I mean, I know you are very generous with your time and volunteering in a free clinic, but um, as a whole, in general, um, is there any information that you can share about how one might access herbal medicine in a way that's affordable?
0: I would say you can go to the American Herbalist Guild website, um, ahg.org, I think it is, um, and they can connect you with herbalists in your area, um, and from there you can go um, find, they can, they can connect you with even more free resources or affordable resources. I offer a sliding scale to my clients, no background check or financial (laughs) disclosures needed, I trust that process. Um, They're, um, yeah, Um, that's the, that's what I would think. And smiled as I have for that free mini clinic on Thursdays. People can call me from two to four thirty. And That's
2: so great. I, I love that you guys <laughs> yeah. are still doing that. Yeah, you know, we, at, here at Capital Integrative Health, we, those issues are super important to yeah. us. Oh. And so you know, access to care and inequity and, equity and um, health sovereignty as well. So it feels good to to have um, that common thread. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: in the work that we are doing here at the clinic and also what's happening out in the community, especially. Um, Free clinics and things yeah. like that.
0: You know it's like so that. great to know that because having um, connections with other practitioners um, really is the way, of, uh, is a good service to offer. Yeah, so it just feels right. That. It's the yeah. right thing to do, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So let's talk about what um, herbal medicine means to you and why were you drawn to it.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> When I went many moons ago, my oldest child's going to be 29. So when I was pregnant, oh um, mama, <laughs> mm-hmm. with my um, firstborn child, I um, did not want to go to the hospital. And so I was, I belonged to a co-op, and oh, I thought of myself as a healthy person back then. Yeah. And I was in there telling one of the other women, oh, I really don't want to go to the hospital. And she's like, you can have a home birth. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Right never on. heard of that <laughs> and so of course I was completely on board and um, uh, and my partner at the time was not on board and so we did some investigating and let's interview an obstetrician and let's um, interview a midwife and at that time I was in Colorado and um, home birth was illegal oh, wow. um, so okay. it was underground they legalized it while I was pregnant so mm. that was great but my preg- um, but it felt right to work with a midwife and yeah. um, I purchased a book called *The magical child by Joseph Chilton Pierce and it really shifted my perception of my place on this, in this, on this planet and mm. my connection to other beings on this planet and what it meant to be a mom and have a natural birth and um, being connected to nature. So it was about having safe space um, for the mother, for the, the womb. Actually, the Latin root of matrix means uterus or womb. Is that right? And that's one of the, you know, primary things we all need as humans is a safe space, and the uterus and the womb is such a, you know, a safe space. And so I just dove into that reading and learning more and more about what it means to be connected to nature and the natural world and... um, I ended up having to transport in the hospital. I wasn't able to have a home birth with that child. The second one I did, but it just started me on that journey to go into what it means to be connected to nature mm. and to live as a human, one other being on this planet. There's plants, there's animals, and that's what started me. Yeah, <laughs>
2: getting back to to your roots, so talking about that ancestral, you know, yes. I feel like we're so far detached from from all of that. So yeah. it sounds like you really. Were inspired to start to go back and get in yes. touch with yourself and your ancestors and and what's natural.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, and I mm-hmm. my family was not. Um, it was a disjointed family, um, disconnected, divorced family. My parents were. I didn't know. They didn't know anything about their ancestors much except for my father. His Polish. Um, Grandmother would do mustard packs and do everything natural for them. And my stepmother is German, and she uh, came here from Germany when she was 19, and she did natural basic things: chamomile tea, Mm -hmm. you know, wrapping your neck, keeping your feet warm. All all important things, things. Yeah. yeah, and those all those things connected just helped me, like, yes, this is what I want to do, this mm-hmm. is who I am, this is how I want to live in my body, this is how I want to live my experience on this planet. It is a way of life, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think herbalism, I'm, I, that's who I am, it's not the work I do. Not what it's, you do, yeah. it's who you are. It's who I am. I yeah. love
2: that, I love that. So what is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far from being an herbalist? I know there are so <laughs> many, can you pick one? I, know. I, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: I'm a baby herbalist. So <laughs> even though I took my first training, um, well, my son was two when I first took my first training. I took a nine month training back in Colorado and studied with some excellent herbalists Linda White Dove, Brigitte Mars, um, Feather Jones, like real Western yeah, renegade herbal women right. you know, that are telling their experiences of sitting on the mountain, talking Love to it. the plants. Tasting the root of osha, mm, um, yeah, and, which is a Rocky Mountain herb. It's an amazing bear plant. medicine. Bear medicine. Those aromatics, and um, I just love story. And I was drawn into those stories and their experiences. Um, and so I forgot your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest lesson the you've biggest learned lesson is to listen, so far is to listen and to slow down, and that. Um, mm. And what does? I mean, it's important to me to be of service to while I'm on this planet to whoever the you know the plants, the animals, the ground, the rocks, whatever. Yeah. Um, the people I interact with, and being in that experience, you get tested. You know, if that's my desire, my longing, and I feel like our longing helps inform our choices and what we want to do in our lives and how we want to live and what avenues we're going to go down but my longing and my desire is to serve and is to serve with plants and be connected to nature because I love the cycles of nature and I love the cycles of life of you know what it means to be a baby a middle-aged person and um, a menopausal woman which is I'm in that I'm going into the crone phase of my life right now Um, yeah I love that let's talk
2: about that word crone (laughs) okay
0: let's do it (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, Um, because we hear that a lot in herbalism, I think, you know, the the maid, the maiden, and the crone, and I know it's a whole other topic, but the language around herbalism, you know, it's almost like its own language. Um, And, you know, saying you're a baby herbalist, when I I think of you, I think of um, you are one of my dearest mentors, Mm. and um, we have in common uh, a wise woman friend, Stephanie, whom I know we both um, loved very much who's not with us anymore, but left behind lots of lessons mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And when I think about entering into this crone phase, I just wish that we had a different name, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> but but the language around herbalism yeah. is so interesting to me, you yeah. know? it's um, There's a lot of... Um, I think going back to like we, Hildegard von Bingen, whom you, we are going to oh, yeah. get to later, yeah, but you know the language from that, like 1400s all the way up, hasn't really
0: changed all that much in herbal tradition and teaching, Don't, do you find that to be true? It is, because it's deep, they're deep roots, yeah. and this is, we're talking about Western herbalism, you mm-hmm. know, and Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, same, they have this, the longevity of practice, And yeah. um, I, I'm. Formally Western trained, mostly Western trained, but I have some training at Ayurveda. My first year, my other program I went through was um, KP Khalsa's um, mm-hmm. course. Can't get
2: more Ayurveda I than can't that, Can't get thing. more Ayurveda <laughs> than KP Khalsa.
0: He's still one of my mentors. I yeah. still work with him when I have challenges. But mm-hmm. so, and their, their language is the same also because, I mean, deep truths stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, while there might be change in other ways, and we, you know, we are changing, and the, you know, the culture is changing, all those other things, but these deep truths about what it means to live a life on this planet are th- are the same. We do yeah. start off as women. We do start off as a maiden. Some people would say the virgin, but then we can argue about that word. Right. Yes. <laughs> what that really mm-hmm. means. We'll stay away a from woman that. Who's a sovereign unto yeah. herself, really. Is yeah. What it means. Yes, it I like that definition. That doesn't belong to someone. Yes. That doesn't belong to someone. But um, and then there's motherhood. I mean, not that you have to be a mother, but mm-hmm. it's just um, and then the crone phase or the wise woman phase. You can use the wise woman uh, phase. I. That's called the wise. If woman you woman. want to go there. <laughs> and it it's not about. Um, it's about just having a body of life that you've lived, a body of work that you've created, mistakes you've made and trying right. to learn from. Yeah, embrace um, those, too. That's right. just different. And I feel different as I'm, you know, I'm going to be 56 next week's my birthday, actually. Full disclosure. <laughs> Full disclosure, mm-hmm. I'm going to be 56 next week. And I do feel the shift physically in me. And in Ayurveda, we've used different words. We use, um, you know, kapha is the, and this will be for men and women, that's mm-hmm. the beginning phase. And we're fat and juicy yeah. and, you know, um, potential, you know. Mm-hmm. The seed that's in the ground—that's right. the potential, and that's the impulse. That new earth. That, that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's what the kapha stage is. And then the middle stage is the pitta stage—that fiery stage when we're like pursuing our, our purpose and mm-hmm. what we want to do in the world and how we want to bring our desire and our longing out and how we want to express yeah. that. And then the vata stage is the, you know, this the last part of our life, which can be a long time. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen traditionally starts around the age of 60. And those have energetic patterns. So language, uh, the, these deep truths are timeless. And um, the energetics of a person, the energetics of life, um, those sta- And, you know, plants have energetics. We all, energy is everywhere. And I don't mean that in a woo-woo way. I yeah, mean, like, no, I <laughs> totally get in that. In an embodied yeah. way. I mean, what it means to be embodied with these energetics mm-hmm. in our body and mm-hmm. how do we um, integrate our experiences, you know. I, it's important to me. I really believe that the body is um, a record of how we've lived our life.
2: Oh wow! Every, Isn't that an interesting way to think about it? Yeah,
0: right. Every experience we've had, every impression, how we process that experience, um, what's happened to us, and how we integrate it. How we can we integrate it? And um, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's that book by Gabor um, Mate, "The Body Keeps the Score." I think he wrote that. Was that him? Or is I he know that the, the body says no.
2: Yeah, I know the book, but I'm not sure yeah. the author. But
0: it is true. Um, you know, Gil Hedley is a body worker, and he says that the body is the sacred transcript upon which we write our lives. Oh my gosh, so, I love that. Um, in that way, it's a record, and it is a truth, and it's you know. I think I rambled off your question, but <laughs>
2: no, no, it's great um, I, I, thinking about. Yeah, no, great. I mean, I love all of yeah. that, and, and talking about energy. Yeah, um, it's meaningful, right? I mean, I, we, energy is real. We all are affected are impacted by it and um, I'm thinking right now of these plants that you brought (laughs) uh, this lovely stinging nettle and Solomon seal and um, you know the energy that they're bringing into the room it's it's just like you know hey guys thanks for coming (laughs) and um, knowing that they're they're medicine and um, they are here and it feel it changed the energy shifts in the room when you um, bring in something alive and so yeah the energy definitely a real thing so let's talk about who could benefit
0: from herbal medicine. Mm, everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everybody. Everybody um, um, can be an herbalist, <laughs> um, and can everybody can benefit from plant medicine. And um,
2: I wonder about um, what about people who are on pharmaceutical medications. Oftentimes, I know we are asked the question, you know, oh, I'm on one through ten western pharmaceuticals is it okay and mm. safe for me to take herbs so how would you decide that i mean what what is the general rule of thumb there
0: well it is tricky i mean and you do have to take that into consideration because um you know it's serious it's very serious and you don't want to cause any harm and disrupt it's not just the interactions with the plants, the medicine to me. I mean, because that is one piece of it, right? You have to think about the chemical reaction that could possibly happen, although it's very, very rare. It is very rare. I mean, you should work with an experienced clinical herbalist who knows about these things and who can study and and speak with confidence and and, um, some knowledge about it. But it's not just about that. You don't want to disrupt the person's healing protocol. I mean, if they, and I've had plenty of people who come to me or I've seen them at the herb store and say, hey, I want to manage my blood pressure naturally, so I'm not going to take my medication. Well, they don't take the herbs seriously enough. They think if I take this cup of herbal tea, it's going to manage my blood pressure if I do it once a week, once or twice a week. But herbal medicine is serious medicine. It takes thoughtful, um, thorough assessment of a person and thoughtful, thorough consideration of the plant um, actions and the person's whole health history and how to formulate a protocol, not just about herbs, but how to integrate it with what they're doing already. Because the body, you don't want to swing from one extreme to the next, because that's going to destabilize the person and their health. So it's really important to do things slowly and to integrate the herbs slowly into the person's life. Besides thinking about chemical constituents and um, possible harmful reactions that way, but like how can you not disrupt what's keeping them stable now? And how can you honor and do this slowly so you don't cause more harm? Yeah. Is it, yeah, so that's yeah. important.
2: Is it common for you to work with other medical professionals with the client?
0: Well, I, <laughs> I am open to it. And I have talked to a couple of um, medical practitioners um, for my clients with them to talk about what we're doing they don't take herbalism seriously, the ones I've talked to. Well, <laughs> well we do here at Capital and Health. Yes. <laughs> happy to talk to anybody and we can have conversations if we're partnering. I'd love to partner. I mean, I've partnered with a naturopath um, for a client who was going into kidney failure. Um, mm-hmm. I was still a, in a cl- in clinic as a student, so that was way beyond my scope of practice. They were on 13 medications and when they came to me, they had itchy skin. So I thought, I can handle itchy skin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an herbalist, I can do that, but... Um, months after working with them they finally sent me there and this is was a lesson I learned you should get the information ahead of time but this was my friend's father and um, I said I can just give him teas and do topicals and talk about that but when I got his blood work in it was he was going into kidney failure and I could see it and nobody was telling them him that in his practice in his practice oh he was a VA uh, a veteran and he was Mm -hmm. going through the VA system Now, I can't diagnose this, that's out of my scope of practice, and I don't ever want to do that. Um, So I contacted a naturopath, Eric Yarnell, and Mm -hmm. um, he's also an herbalist.
2: He's at Bastier, right? He's at Bastier. yeah,
0: yeah. and um, he has a private practice that, yeah, we can can link that if that's important to people. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. And so he took over that part of the client's protocol and... And we worked together. I was able to sit in on the consultations and, you know, talk to the, Dr. Yarnell about these things. And so, as a
2: budding herbalist, you were talking buddy, yeah. with Eric Yarnell.
0: Yeah. So yes. that was like, that, that should have been a sign of your destiny. I will call and talk to anybody who will talk to me, a partner with me, to help somebody who's suffering. Yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, many hands make light work, they say, about physical labor, but mm-hmm. even managing somebody's health care, it can get cloudy. But if we're clear and we're talking about what our roles are, we can all support this person and come together and be like a round table mm-hmm. and, uh, and really serve somebody to meet their health goals. They're willing to do the work. You know, it's a lot of work um, what this person had to do.
2: Yeah. But working in community, you know, working yes, collaboratively, yeah. I find those are the best experiences, yes. right? Yes, best yes, Best healing definitely. experiences. Yeah, because,
0: you know, herbalists. You've, I feel like I'm on an island sometimes you know yeah. because it's so it's so different I'm not in a group practice like a lot of doctors work in a group practice mm-hmm. so I will reach out and I I love working with other people I have so much to learn so yeah
2: um, I'm wondering about talking about using herbal medicine in conjunction with western medicine um from an integrative perspective or a mm-hmm. functional medicine perspective here we're tra- always trying to get to the root cause right yes yes <clears throat> pardon so it seems, it feels to me like using plant medicine um it's not prescribed if you will in a way that typical conventional medicine is prescribed right yes. it's um you're looking at the whole person yes and can we talk more about that about how that works how you're actually formulating for a client and how, because the root cause, getting to the root cause would be the objective, right? Yes.
0: It is, yes, you do need to get to the root, but it can be a lot of, (laughs) you know, sussing and getting through, wading through the mud to get there. And so how do you support the person in the meantime? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and herbalism, I consider myself a Western herbalist who uh, supports the vitality of the person, the innate vitality, innate wisdom of that person's body to heal itself. And and we can talk about what the difference between healing and curing is because there is a huge difference. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's do that. But before I lose track, I want to make sure I give this, because this is such an important question, is that um, holism means you're looking at the whole person, how they respond to life not just um, what's happening in their body, like um, how they integrate great experiences, how they manage their health. I mean, I do believe um, our body is the most sacred, sacred and intimate relationship we have. I mean, I love it's that. the most intimate relationship yeah. we have, and mm-hmm. we're so close to it, but we neglect it so much. It's, you know, it's too close, maybe. You know, we forget how close we are to our own physical being, and so it's so easy to neglect it. But an herbalist, and how I practice as an herbalist, is to look at the energetic patterns in the person. And so um, you know western herbalism all herbalism has some form of this energetics and so we're not looking at the disease we're not saying oh they were diagnosed with co- congestive heart failure i'm going to treat congestive heart failure with a
2: b or c herb with, the, with right? a b, b or c yes. herb because yeah. it doesn't work it's that way it's not a plug and play
0: it's not a plug and play, for sure. And so that's just like using pharmaceuticals. I mean, you know, I've got the symptom. I'm going to take this pharmaceutical. It causes these side effects. I'm going to take these other ph- pharmaceuticals to help mitigate those side effects of that pharmaceutical. Which is very common. Very It common. is common. And we do need pharmaceuticals. They're life-saving. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have to have them, especially when we're cre- if we want to change patterns of behavior. And that's one thing one of my teachers really taught me that was such a good lesson is, behavior and changing patterns of behavior it takes time you know we have an awareness of oh I do this in my life I eat, this is just simplistic I eat ice cream every night two bowls of ice cream every night <laughs> um, because I have acid reflux and I, and it hurts the acid reflux so I want something cold thinking that's gonna right. um, help heal it because it seems like opposites can help. Yeah, it makes heal. sense. It's yeah. hot
2: in there. I'm yeah. on yeah. I want something cold. I want
0: something cold. Plus, it tastes good. Yeah, um, and that can be medicine in and of itself. There's all kinds of medicine, right? You know, just the pleasure of eating something delicious is medicine. Yeah. But um, but you know, that's not necessarily a healing, the way to heal. Um, you want to look at what's you know what's Do they have hypochloridia? Do they have low, um, are they cold and deficient in their digestive secretions? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they taking PPIs but they they aren't consistent with them and they take them for a week, then they go off a couple of days and then their body makes too much acid reflux. That's the behavior piece. But if a person has, I think energetics are really easy to see if you think about um, respiratory issues. So if they have a lot of mucus um, that's stuck in their body, you know that's um that's like a deficient ability to express the mucus, but it's also the stagnant gunky gunky stuff. So we have to look at how do we move that out of the body.
2: And that would yeah. be dependent on the person. That correct? Would be it's on not, the per- again, you don't just pick one or two. Herbs and say this is going to do this for this person. Right. right? It's
0: their energetics. It's what's their constitution. Are they already a hot, dry person or are they a cold, damp person? And we're all, we're mixtures of each of these things, right? We have a baseline constitution and then we might have a condition that is like if we got a, you know, got a cold and we got a lung infection and we got this dampness in our lungs, we might already be a hot, dry person, but we happen to have this damp, wet condition in our lungs. If we do too much drying herbs, we ha- for too long we might throw them into a tailspin, and if they're already hot, their baseline constitution is hot and dry, so you have to consider that when you're considering the person.
2: I think that's so important because, um, generally speaking, you know I think there is a common misconception that herbs are plug and play, yes. and that you know. Yeah. Valerian is for sleep, and yeah. ashwagandha is for stress, and yeah. um, and that may or may not be true for different people, yes. right? And yeah. um, you, and again, going back to, what do we do first? First, do no harm, mm-hmm. and so, like you said, giving drying herbs to someone with a dry cough. You know. Right. Not so good. No, no. definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. so good. And so. you assess
0: that by, you know, looking at their tongue, feeling their pulse, listening to their story, feeling their skin, you know, anyway.
2: Looking at their tongue. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's
0: so fun. I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: So where are you headed? Where are you headed with herbal medicine?
0: Well, I just came out of a a long, few years of being outward, um, and I'm feeling the call to be more inward, (laughs) so... So brave of you. (laughs) It's like so um, counterintuitive because the culture is so, be out there, market yourself, do this and this, and I'm like, oh, I need to come in. So um, I'm going outside more, I know that's, um, but to be um, more connected to my plants. I'm building, um, creating my own medicine garden in my yard, so I've been planting plants and so important for me to be um, in the um, I'm not a gardener, <laughs> I'm not a person, I always say I have to have plants that can thrive on neglect <laughs> 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 that do a lot of like, I care I can think <laughs> of one right
2: here the yeah. stinging nettle. though do go anywhere right? yeah, we uh, have
0: stinging nettle salmon seals the same yeah. way it, it doesn't need shade but um, so that's, I just want to have my hands back in the soil instead of being on the computer and teaching and having all the energy go out I feel like I can't serve if I'm not filling myself up and staying connected that I can't do my work.
2: That's so wise, so. you wise woman, <laughs> wise uh, you know, to to really, to really to think about this is what I need in order yeah. to move forward and um, go inward and really reflect. Mm-hmm. I know you've been a super busy person for a long time. So I think that's going back to um, basics, right? Taking yes. care of ourselves first, taking yes. care of our physical body mm-hmm. that we are often so far detached from. Yes. Um, But I love this image of you in your garden, planting your medicine, tending (laughs) to your medicine. So I'm wondering, are you making medicine with the plants you're growing?
0: I will be. Um, Right now, I have some plants that I've been growing for, you know, a long time, 15 years or so. So um, Apothecary Rose, one of my favorite. Um, So I make medicine um, mostly for myself or um, certain conditions as they come up for clients, like um, post-COVID pneumonia. Um, I've made medicine from things like that in my garden for those kind of things. What so are you
2: using generally for a post-COVID pneumonia? I know it depends on the person, yeah, but those are the person. We just said that. I know, but just, I'm super. I'm super you. curious about this one person.
0: This one person, and uh, I'm, I just made this medicine. This wasn't necessarily for my garden, except for I did use rose petal honey in in the in the Yummy. recipe. That's for my garden. I make rose petal honey. Um, and roses are great medicine um, to help us connect to our heart which is so important to me Um, but I used uh, OSHA root we talked about OSHA Mm -hmm. I used um, Angelica Archangelica uh, warming I used warming aromatic herbs um, but also um, I used holy basil Tulsi one um, of my favorites <laughs> yes mm-hmm. um, it is a warming this person's very cold and um, they're dry normally but they have a um, they have a damp condition in their lungs we were just talking about that's funny yeah. um, so the honey is going to help with that also um, and then she's also taking another syrup with um, marshmallow root yes and some cardamom and ginger and
2: I um, love your recipes <laughs> I'm always excited when I get formulations from Colleen for a couple of reasons reasons um, not only do you make them taste so yummy there's always a <laughs> sprinkle of cinnamon or cardamom or something yummy that's also useful but uh, I love um, I I know that you formulate with intention mm. and so we can let's talk about that let's talk about formulating with intention not just okay I know what this client needs I'm gonna put together two parts of this and one yeah. part of this and a half a part of that um, having known you and how you formulate, I just feel like, oh, wow, if you're going to get medicine, you need to get it from Colleen, <laughs> because not only are you getting the benefit of the plant medicine, but you're getting her healing intention, her vibe, if you will.
0: <laughs> it feels so, it feels a little embarrassing to talk about this because it's so intimate. Um, but I do, that's my, what my intention is. When I'm making medicine, I turn off all distractions. I make sure I'm fully present and holding the person in my heart. Um, I might turn on some good, vibey music (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. love, full of love. Yeah, all this is
2: energy. It's all healing energy. Yes. So beautiful.
0: Yeah. And the true medicine to me is the love and the intention. I mean, medicine comes in so many ways, right? Somebody loves music, and that helps them heal. Somebody Mm -hmm. loves connection with another person. Somebody likes to rock out to music. (laughs) I can Mm -hmm. be their medicine, too. But for me, as the person who's creating the formula, my intention and my presence is part of that medicine. And so I wanna make sure that I'm fully present for them and I'm holding them in my heart and imagining them in their wholeness, not in their disease state, because they are whole and they have this condition also. Um, so they are all these things. And so I don't wanna focus just on the pathology, like, oh, they have this, may they be healed. I hold, mm-hmm. hold just the essence of who they are mm-hmm. in, um, in me while I'm creating that medicine because they are whole. And they have this condition, and so to me, that's healing, not cure- curative. It's curative, but it isn't curing. So curing, I think, our Western idea of what curing is, is that we won't have the disease anymore, that yeah. we will be completely cured. Hallelujah! You know, I have no more symptoms, and I can get back, and I can go eat whatever I want, do whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> yes. um, but to me, I we can be whole and in the healing process while we have our condition. I mean, I have lupus. I was diagnosed with four autoimmune disorders. Um, when I was, um, I mean, I started my early 20s, you know, it took him a long time to find out uh, what was going on. And I'm living with these conditions, health, and I'm healed through that. And, and thriving.
2: Look how beautiful. And thriving.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, healing can, illness can be a metaphor for what, how we interact with our life. So to me, I looked at it that way. My, me and my relationship with auto, what does autoimmune mean to me? So that's what I, how, I, how I went through that process of healing um,
2: Could you say again, um, curing versus healing? Can we just, I want to make sure we hear that clearly. Sure.
0: <laughs> um, I, so I was raised this way, and I think a lot of people in the Western world, when I talk to other people, I hear this common thread that curing um, or healing means you're cured, like you will never have this illness again, and that you're completely finished with it. But um, I don't think of healing that way. I think of, um, of course, you want to live comfortably in your body, you want to reduce suffering. Um, I want to, you know, reduce the suffering in the person. And, but the work is to integrate what's happening to you. You might never get a lab report that says you're cured from lupus, or you're cured from celiac disease, or you're cured from congestive heart failure, because that's something that is a progressive. There is a truth in what's living and happening in your body. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. You can thrive with that and be healed. And that's healing to me, how you relate to what's happening to you, like how you integrate it into your life, how you come to peace with it and how you can manage it. So I think if you have this inner conflict, like if I can't be perfect with my diet, if I can't be perfect with my herbal protocol or with my whatever, um, it becomes like a self hating. <laughs> and yeah, that, you're kind of boxed
2: and, in, right? Yeah, you're boxed in.
0: Yeah, and it inhibits your wellness. Um and it inhibits your ability to feel good in your body and feel good with these what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. We are in these physical bodies that do keep track record of what happens to it. It can't help it. It's not a judgment. It's just it is. It just is. It's and a story. Yeah, it's, it's a story. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean you're a failure. Um, It just, yeah, how do you integrate it and reduce suffering?
2: I love that. Thank you. So great. (laughs) So let's talk about what offerings. What offerings do you have and how can people get involved?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm very low tech, so I don't have a website. (laughs) I love that about you, too. (laughs) You can call me and um, email me. Um, so I, you don't have a lot of screen time. I, which is great. I try to yes. reduce my screen time as much as possible. Oh, yes. Um, you know, and uh, and I'm also at Smile Herb Shop Tuesday afternoons. You can come see me then, and um, I offer a free mini clinic Thursday afternoons. Right now, I'm just doing that via the phone. I used to do it in person, but um, too many people were coming that are at risk into the store um, with really uh, with uh, severe vulnerabilities for their health. So I didn't want to continue to do too risky. That. So, from 2 to 4.30 on Thursdays, people can call and we can have a conversation.
2: What does a consultation with an herbalist outside of the mini clinic? I know okay. the mini clinic, you're kind of scratching the surface and treating symptoms. And, you know, if you need to go deeper, you're asking people to make an appointment. Yes. Um, if one were to make an appointment with you as an herbalist or any any herbalist, what would one expect? What would that look like?
0: Well, um, you'd have a fill out a long health history form. <laughs>
2: super long, long. Super long
0: it's like i think i've got it down to nine or ten pages um it has energetic assessment questions on it also family history personal health history um, how you're relating to your life right now those kind of conversations Um, and lab work i do review lab work and i do actually work with other colleagues if something's beyond a little my scope of practice and i want to get more information i bring other colleagues into my um separate from the actual consultation to view it and then um, we'll have a conversation We'll talk about what you're experiencing um, in your body and in your life and how you want to manage it. Manage it. And we're collaborating um, and having a conversation on what herbs can do, what they can't do, talk about expectations, talk about time timeframe, um, talk about what it means to actually take plant medicine because it's not always delicious. And it's not always immediate, <laughs> And right? it is definitely almost always not immediate. Yeah. And so definitely I want to reduce suffering as much as possible, for sure. And we try to work on that, we talk about that. I think sometimes just knowing how, that it's okay, that suffering is gonna take, the, 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 getting past these acute symptoms is gonna take time, that can actually cause some less tension in the body and so people can reduce that. But then we have a conversation we talk about and then, I, and then I will make a formulation and then bring that to my client.
2: What about teaching? Are you teaching these days?
0: I'm doing a little bit. (laughs) I was teaching for a long time. Uh, I was teaching for about five years, and I just I pulled away from the formal classroom um, and decided to keep it small. I'm going to teach my first class at Smile, actually, in the middle of May, outside. Congratulations, outside (laughs) in the garden. In the garden. How Um, do we sign up? (laughs) It's a very small class, but you can go on Eventbrite and Smile Herb Shop. It's on nettles, so I'm going to make nettle food and um, talking about nettles and. and I'm also doing things that I'm teaching at a, um, uh, a women's shelter, I'm teaching. Oh, let's um, talk
2: about that. Yeah. What, what, what's going on there? I'm
0: just going to, um, there already is a, um, a lay herbalist working with them, and this is her passion. And she was one of my students, and she asked me to help um, take the knowledge deeper. Women, these women are also gardeners, and so we want to talk about how they can grow their own medicine and um, talk about what they're experiencing in their lives right is now. Is that local? It's in D.C. Great. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm able to say the name. Okay. Yeah, we don't don't need to. But good um, good for you. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So what
2: about... Plant walks? Do you have any plant walks or anything like that planned anytime, here I'm
0: just like, please, can we have a plant walk? I don't have anything scheduled right now, but I'm open to it. I mean, if people want to reach out, I'm open to these things right now. I'm kind of feel like I'm in this liminal place, like the between space, mm-hmm. and um, landing in my yard. That's the work I want to do. And I've had, uh, yeah, I'm open to it. If people want to, I love doing those things.
2: I'm raising my hand for the walk. <laughs> So as um, an herbalist who obviously is so connected to the tradition and, and the plants and the energy around what it's like to be a true healer calling on ancestors and plant spirits, I know that sounds kind of woo-woo, but it's a real <laughs> thing, and, um, but seriously, about as an herbalist, what is one thing that you wish people knew about herbal medicine?
0: Mm. I wish people knew that it is, it is accessible. And it, um, but just as we've talked about, it, ta- it's, um, it needs to have a thorough assessment. What I worry most about um, with, um, you know, sexy marketing of certain plants, like ashwagandha, um, had, you know, a couple years ago was getting all this attention. It's so crazy, right? And I worry um, that that does a disservice to healing. Um, and what the plants really can do, and cannabis. I mean, think about cannabis. I mean, it is one medicine, but it also is on the, an extreme spectrum of nervy Huge. plants. Yeah. and there's so many plants in that spectrum that have just ev- maybe even more, or have just as much healing power as cannabis, which is an amazing plant. And I want people to know more about more plants, and that that you need to find um, the right formula for you, and that if you take ashwagandha and you're not seeing any results that it's not because herbal medicine doesn't work.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah that's a great message
0: to yeah. get out there. Yeah, it's that it's just not the right plant for you. Not the right one yeah. for you. Ashwagandha is definitely not the right plant for me. I know I've I heard, heard some stories. Your reaction to ashwagandha. Yeah. And I keep trying it every once in a while just to see, what? Everybody loves ashwagandha. Maybe I should try it again and I have the same reaction. But that it's not about in that way, you know, people talk about how is herbalism safe? Yes. And in that way, it's unsafe to me because it can delay um, a proper, thorough um, protocol for a person. And it, it can, if a person takes a plant, but they don't want to take medicine. And I have plenty, plenty of people come to the herb store and say this: I, ref- I don't want to take medicine, but I, but they want to just do these quick fix herbs, and it's not. That's not serving them because they're delaying their healing l- more and more time. And to me, in that way. It's unsafe, having this marketing for this one plant that can do this thing for you and you'll be fine. Take this high blood pressure formula and that's made for a generic population and it'll work for everybody. And that's just not the way it works. Um, It can help in the short term, but in the long term for deeper healing and deeper safety and effectiveness, you need a really thorough assessment and, um, and to really have a plant formulation for you. And um, not for high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, or getting you
2: know. to the root of who the person is. Yes, yeah. Right.
0: So that's what I want people to know that herbalism it takes serious, thoughtful, thorough assessment. And um, and but everybody, it's for everybody. It is even whether you're on if you're on pharmaceuticals, even while you're breathing, if you can take a breath, herbalism can help you. It can help, you know, your spirit, your mind, your heart your body so many different ways of working with plant medicine. I just um, finished a course last year actually on um, sacred essential oils and for the longest time I avoided essential oils. Me do you too. mind if I go down this no. rabbit hole?
2: Uh, yeah let's do
0: it let's do it
2: because I'm the same way I'm like oh these okay. are cool, but uh. yeah yeah
0: because they're such potent medicine yeah and, super strong um, KP Khalsa, and I'll go back to KP, one of my first teachers. Um, I was like stunned when he said, It's very potent medicine, you have to be very careful with dosing. And there are so many multi level marketing um, businesses that have grown up around this medicine, which I feel like it makes accessibility limited, which I have an issue with that too. So I had to like really heal my relationship with that to not put up walls against essential oils plus it takes so much plant medicine
2: that's the thing i was going to as they're so strong because it takes so much of the plant yes, right to just yeah. get a little tiny drop of oil and yes. so then comes in a sustainability issue and right. you know all the stuff circling that so. yeah
0: and as an herbalist i'm responsible to the plants and to the earth not just to the people i'm serving yes because if i'm taking too much of the plant for medicine we're not going to have that medicine and it's, the plants aren't there just for us They they were here way before us, so we are lucky that we're able to partner with them, and we should honor them in that way. And they're not just here for us to take, 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 and just use them to help serve us because that's not what their role is in my opinion Um, we're lucky that we can do this and I want to give them that respect so
2: and gratitude and that gratitude that
0: deep gratitude and make sure and I you know make sure my footprint isn't huge as an herbalist that I'm just not thinking about sustainability and taking plants that are from I mean I do use plants that are from other parts of the world but I am very try to be thoughtful about it because you know what are the conditions of the people growing it um, but I took a sacred oil alchemy class and it really helped me connect to the, the essential oils in a different way about um, the path of the mirror for. we were talking about plants, you know, can help you spiritually, you know, essential oils yeah. can be used very thoughtfully that way. Um, they should not be taken internally <laughs> because they yeah, can be caustic. Yeah, I was going to ask, can we say that out yeah, loud? Yeah, I will yeah. say that out loud again and again and again um, yeah. because they're such potent medicine. And you might not have a, a side effect in the beginning. You might not see something short-term, but cumulatively it can damage your mucosal membranes and then really ca- wreak havoc in the body as it has this response, immune response over time yeah. to this exposure, chronic exposure to this potent medicine.
2: So thank you for this messaging that plant medicine is serious medicine
0: and should
2: be considered as such. Yes. And um, consulting a clinical herbalist.
0: Yes. Is the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or somebody um, who's had a body of experience, Some training. Some yeah. a body of training and experience yeah. for sure. We
2: have a couple of, um, well, we have one uh, naturopathic doctor mm, here okay. at CIH, yes. and so she has some herbal training, yes. and so yeah. it's fun talking with her. And, yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, someone with training, exactly. Yes. It's, it's serious medicine. Yes, definitely. Not to be underestimated. Right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for creating that awareness or reminding us of that. So um, I know you, you don't have a website, and I'm actually bowing down to that about <laughs> that. But um, how can people learn more about you and your work? Is there a phone number or email? or sure. what, Do you want to share anything like that? Or you just want to lay low? I'm happy, to share. Low no, and, I'm happy and,
0: and to share. They can email me. My name, Colleen, Zuntag at gmail.com. Two L's and two E's and Colleen. Okay. <laughs> Z-U-N-T-A-G at gmail.com. Email me and just put herbal consultation or herbal information in the subject line. Um, and I also, again, at Smile. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Um, or they can, come, if they want to see me in person, suss me out and make sure I'm not some crazy woman that's just going to tell she is them not. to go gra- graze in the grass. I've had a parent actually come to me to meet me that way. It's like I want to make sure you're not just going to go tell them to pick dandelions before I have you work with my son.
2: <laughs> Nothing and wrong with dandelions. I totally respect Good the mother for doing that. Yeah, she, sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. But anyway, got to yeah, be you on, on the lookout. Check me out on Tuesday afternoons at Smile. usually i was i'm there now but i'm here with you
2: thank you (laughs) and we are so grateful (laughs) to have you here today thank you colleen for joining Mm -hmm. us for sharing your wisdom your beautiful light and energy and your fire and passion for this work i'm so grateful thank you thank you thank
0: you (laughs) thank you
1: thank you for taking the time to listen to us today if you enjoyed this conversation please take a moment to leave us a review it helps our podcast to reach more listeners Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.